Here we are with the fourth and final podcast. I'm sitting here with Dr. Mac Brown. Thank you so much for joining me. Sure thing. Let's finish this up. So I think you have a question for me today, don't you? I do. Yeah, this is a reverse order of how we have typically done the podcast. But uh, yeah, Max, we wanted to ask you about how you've been implementing mental training into your routine or daily life, being that you're a student athlete, and what, if any, changes you've noticed in your performance in using these skill sets. So mental training and, and, and you know, implementing, implementing that in my routine is, has been a slow process. It's not always been perfect for me, and, but it's something that I've discovered over the years since I've been a young athlete to where I am now. Kind of all started back in high school after I took a pretty serious crash in a race in Minnesota. Um, and, you know, I got, you know, once I came back to the sport, um, you know, and I recovered physically, you know, I was doing fine there. But what I was really lacking was the mental side of it. And I, you know, I had never really thought about any sort of mental performance training ever. And I, you know, just didn't really know about it and um, kind of took my parents to encourage me to go see a sports psychologist. And uh, to be honest, everything changed after that. Um, Over time, I was able to answer a lot of their own questions just by thinking about them and mostly implying them. I think that a lot of people struggle with results from sports psychology simply because they do not apply the so-called homework outside of the session. I think that's super important, as you, as you know. As a collegiate athlete, it is difficult to be mentally prepared for each competition. But what I implemented most is focusing on the mindset that I know has been successful in the past and using skills like imagery, visualization, breath counting and holding, and even distraction to get myself where I need to be. Uh, although I am far from perfect in executing this, I know that I can always have PHP to go to for more ideas and thoughts on how to improve. What I've noticed in my performance is rather dramatic. In a training environment, I allow myself to be more present. This allows me to focus on improvements that I need to make to be better. As a skier and as a person, I can slow things down, you know, focus on you know, what I am doing that day, how each run is, how each turn feels. On race day, I try to take myself into some sort of unconsciousness. I think most performance psychologists call this the flow state. Um, having this separation has been huge for me in allowing myself to improve over the years, not just in not just in athletics, but in life. So, you know, I, I've really just taken into account that, you know, it, it's going to take application to get to get the job done. You know, you can't just, you know, talk to someone. It, it really takes a lot of mental willpower. Like you said, you know, we're talking about Ironmans, you know, you're obviously insane to do. Yeah. And, and you know, you're waking up, you're tired, you don't want to do it. Right. But, you know. I think a huge part of it is I need to make a change. What am I going to do to make a change? And it took me, you know, several months after my first uh, ever time, you know, going to a, a sports psychologist. And, and you know, I d- it wasn't just talking to someone about, oh, you know, this is what's happening. Oh, yeah, that's, that's it. But what am I actually doing to make a change? How can, I, how can I make that change in my life? And I saw great results, you know, had a great end of my season after that and ultimately landed a spot here. And... Um, it's something I've, you know, carried with myself every single day, and the results are undeniable. And I really appreciate you naming, Max, that it was a slow process. I think as athletes, we tend to want things kind of quick and rapid. We want to see that change. We want to know that it's working. And I think all of us can look at, well, I did this one meeting, so something should be different now, right? And exactly what you said, that it takes time, it takes willpower to do something a little different to do something more regularly so that you are getting the most out of it and that will then result in things more quickly rather than oh 
one meeting once a week is going to do it. Like, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's absolutely not. And, you know, it, it's going to have to be, you know, yeah, the meetings once a week, but it's also going to be the application outside, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're focusing on things. You're, you're, you know, listening to your psychologist of, oh, you know what? Maybe I should try this technique. You know what? Coming back, hey, I don't know if I love that. Maybe that didn't work for me. Oh, here's another one. Let's try this. Oh, you know, that felt better. You know, it's, it's the trial and error application thing. I, I just, I think is so crucial. And I love that you just named the trial and error piece because I'll name that for us as psychologists, sports psychologists, you know, mental health clinicians, we are doing a little bit of trial and error because each person is different. So we might have these broad, you know, options of different things that have been helpful, but we will have to have that person be willing to try and then report back. Yes, that worked. No, not quite. Oh, maybe it'll work, but I didn't try it as much as maybe, you know, I didn't do as much reps with it. Um, So I love that you just named that because that information helps us fine tune and individualize what is going to be most helpful. But we won't know that unless people are actually applying it in the in-between. Exactly. And they have to, you know, it's the honesty part right there, you know, coming back and being, you know, having that relationship, especially with your psychologist. And that's, I think, what's great about PHP is that you guys are so personable. And so, you know, Hey, this didn't work for me. Sorry. Yeah. We're not going to fail you or give you no, a D exactly, on exactly. the assignment. We'll just be like, and okay. You guys are so open to, you know, trying new things. And I think all athletes have a very, you know, general, you know, idea of, I guess, similarities in their mind. But deep down, it's so, everyone is so different. Each and every athlete that you've seen or have talked to, you know, maybe they have similarities, right? You know, with the comp- competitiveness, right? Mm-hmm. We're all competitive. But their backgrounds are different, you know, who they are is different. And that's so important, I think, for you guys to, you know, take into account. For sure. And it's so important for athletes to keep an open mind throughout the process. It's not going to be one week, two weeks, probably not even going to be three weeks. It's going to be, you know, repetition, just like training. You know, know, you're you're here for a reason. You're here because you did repetitive movements. Yep. Um, So let, let me ask you a question now. Sure. Burnout is something that I believe all athletes go through. I know just how easy it is to experience it as well. How can we keep our minds sharp, focused, and concentrated throughout months of tough training and competition? What have you told athletes struggling with that? Yeah, I'll circle this back a little bit to a story I shared about my Ironman training in the past and how hard it was to stay committed even when I didn't feel motivated. And, you know, you're right. Like, there are a lot of times where the grind is real because of all the training, the competition, the travel, depending on your season, how you know, persistent that might be over the year versus particular seasons, but everyone's still engaged in some way, shape or form. And, you know, one way to, one way to keep your mind sharp and focused, I think as a starting point, kind of coming back to this acceptance piece is acknowledging that it's going to ebb and flow, right? It's not going to stay razor sharp the whole time, just like a knife set that you have at home. You're going to have to sharpen the blades every once in a while because repetition of cutting and chopping and, you know, meal cooking and prepping is going to dull that blade over time and that's to be expected but then it's about oh i need to sharpen this it's not quite doing the job that it used to i need to attend to it Um, and that's where things like practicing those mental skills um, especially during the off season can help keep that blade sharp for you when the actual competition season comes back up Um, that might include things like the daily mindfulness exercises because that helps you build attention And that way, when it comes to months of tough training and competition, you already have that skill set 
honed and sharpened and ready to go. Um, and it's not about preventing your mind from, you know, losing focus from time to time or feeling the burnout. It's about the awareness that it's happening, attending to what needs you might have in that moment, and then being able to bring your mind back to where you want it to be. And again, when you have those skill sets trained up, when it's not high pressure, high competition season, it'll make that easier to do that more quickly than if you're like, oh, my mind, it's not in it. I I don't know how to get back now. Oh, I have to learn how to get back and then do it. And I'm still stressed right now. So off season is still training, but you could think of it as an opportunity to train up some of those mental skills. When it comes to the competition, high stress, um, you know, the emotional control and staying focused in the present moment is really helpful as well. And some simple techniques there include breathing strategies. And that's something I'll talk about in a little bit too, but um, you know, being able to center and ground yourself can help bring that focus back in. As far as the burnout side, to kind of finalize my answer here, I feel like I'm on, what is it? Uh, do you want to become a millionaire? And it's like, <laughs> is that your final answer? Yes, I think it is. The final part of my answer around the burnout part. Um, we talked about this in a prior podcast, coming back to your why, coming back to your values. I think when you're really tired, reminding yourself of why it's still important to you, And then also checking in on why am I really tired and is there something that I can do to help support myself and reboost or recharge my battery? Those things would be really helpful and important. Yeah, you know, burnout is is a huge thing. And, you know, I've experienced it so much. And I kind of, you know, can't help thinking about during your trainings for your Ironman that, you know, when you finally were able to accomplish that, I can almost bet that you were as happy to finish it one, but that you looked back and you were like, wow, each and every day, I'm so proud of myself. that I was able to do that. Just the training, you know, the eight hour bike ride on the weekend, you know, it's, it's loving the the process just as much as the outcome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> a few days where I had to be like, oh, if I'm, if I'm going to get this training run in, I have to go at five o'clock and then I'll have my whole work day, but I'm going to get up and do it. And then I felt great afterwards. And yeah, I, I mean, I also haven't been on my bike in like well over a year because I'm still <laughs> scarred from it. I needed a little break. Absolutely. But I'll, you know, I'll still go back to it when I'm ready. And yeah. So you, you have, you know, you'll always, you know, carry around that, that completion and you, you did it, but you also always carry around, you know, what took a whole lot longer to do it. Correct. And, you know, it's just similar for me and, you know, all athletes, you know, you know, we have, you know, X amount of races in the year, not many. But what do I have a lot more of is training days and I'm waking up at 5 a.m. and I'm tired and I have a full day of school after. And, you know, when I end the season, I appreciate just as, you know, just as much the end result as I do, you know, the process along the way. And I think that's super important for athletes to realize that, you know, it's not always going to be easy. And there's going to be days where you just, you know, don't want to do it. But, you know, those are the days that make you, I think. For sure. So uh, let's uh, let's do a skill here. What do you got? Yeah, so I know I had referenced a little bit about mindfulness before and and breathing. So two quick hits skill-wise for both of those. Um, and I think uh, maybe three or four podcasts ago, I, I mentioned the Calm app. So, you know, that's something that even when you're brushing your teeth, you can, uh, you know, just listen to a guided meditation and um, be on that app and help you be a little more focused about what that experience is like, um, you know, you could switch it up even by brushing your teeth with a, your non-dominant hands, because then you're going to be even more tuned into what that process and experience is. And sometimes we take for granted that, um, 
especially when we're so repetitive in certain skills and certain, you know, going through the motions. So if you do something to mix it up a little bit, it can help you attune more to being present. Um, so that could be just a kind of fun way. You might get toothpaste all over your face, but whatever. Um, just to practice a little bit of mindfulness and, and how to be presently aware, even if it's something that you've done millions of times before, there's a way that you can still hone in on the experience as if it was brand new. And the other one is just the diaphragmatic breathing. So one really helpful strategy with breathing is not only that center grounding, but it's also a little bit of biofeedback for you. So if you did a quick exercise, like if you and I just stood up right now, Max, and we did some jumping jacks here in my office, our heart rates would definitely be up. And then if we put a hand on our chest and on our stomach and started breathing, we would notice that probably our hand on our chest would be moving up and down more because we're, we've just exerted ourselves. And if we just sat here and noticed how long it took for our heart rate to decrease, you know, that would be a data point for us. If we then did that same 20 plus jumping jacks in my office here, and then focused on engaging our stomach when we were breathing and doing more deep diaphragmatic breaths, we'd be getting more oxygen in and slowing our heart rate heart rate (laughs) more efficiently and quickly. So this is something you could do on your own just to see that when we are strategic and we can utilize breath work, we can actually enhance our oxygen, we can speed up the process of re-regulating, and all those things are helpful and important, especially when it comes to competition and training. I think it's crucial for athletes, especially to do this during times of burnout. I think, you know, when you're sitting there and you just you know can't get yourself to do anything motivation whatever it is and you know focusing on where you are like mindfulness you know you're here right now or or putting your hand on your chest and breathing and you know you'll understand that oh i'm getting more oxygen now if i think about it Mm -hmm. or you know and you know i think it all just plays into that so it's crucial anyway let's finish up with a quote here burnout is what happens when you try to avoid being human for too long Mac, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Max.